everybody. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is a Saturday, so that means, Mary Kay, it must be training camp time. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot. We are standing here at the Greenbrier Sports Performance Center, right up the road from uh, the Greenbrier Resort. The Browns held their first practice here of training camp. It was a light practice, Mary Kay. There wasn't a lot to watch, a little bit of conditioning at the end. Kevin said over and over again that was not a conditioning test. He wanted to make that very clear. It was not a conditioning test that we were watching, but uh, really just kind of a light practice to get things going today. Yeah, you know, I mean, the news of the day, or I would say one of the biggest news items of the day, is that here they are. Training camp started. They're far from home. They're down here at the Green Briar Resort. It's something different. It's something new. Kevin Stefanski's trying to foster some camaraderie. He thanked the Haslams profusely for allowing them to come down here to this luxury resort and start the first nine days of camp here. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's sort of, you know, the, the hot topic is is, you know, it's it's underway. It's football time. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that he made a point like, hey, we're in the middle of nowhere. And to me, that's kind of his way of saying like, guys, there's nothing. If you want to hang out with somebody, if you want to be around somebody, especially on the off day coming up on Wednesday when he said that they can't force anybody to do anything because it is a player's day off. But, you know, there's real intention behind the fact that they're here and this idea that, if you want to spend time with somebody, if you want to go do some falconry and you want to have a falconry partner, it's got to be a teammate. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I do think that uh, that they will get something out of it in that regard. And they might not even know what it is yet. They might have things planned that we don't even know about. I'm sure they do. I've got, I'm sure they have some team building, team bonding things available. Now, there are 55 different activities at this resort. I haven't looked into what most of them are yet, um, and I don't think we're very welcome to participate in any or many of them. Um, but I'm sure there are plenty of things for these guys to try to do. The setting is gorgeous. We are surrounded by the beautiful. What mountains are these again, Dan? I, I have no I have no idea what mountains we're in, but there are there are mountains everywhere. It's beautiful here. It's absolutely gorgeous, and uh, and again, they have an off day on Wednesday. They can do whatever they want. You know, if they want to golf, they can golf. They can go swimming. I'm sure they can play pickleball. They can do falconry. Uh, there's so many different things that they can do, and and they probably should try something out of their comfort zone just to have some fun. Yeah, just to set the scene a little more, we're like, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia. You mentioned it. There are mountains all over the place. Um, and there's like this building, the Sports Performance Center, where they kind of have their headquarters here. Uh, it's sort of set up, I'd imagine, like they have in Berea. They have strength and conditioning training rooms. They were eating while we were doing the press conferences and things like that. So um, they have the full, they brought everything down here, um, staring at two, two trailers sitting over there, three trailers. I'm sure there was a lot of equipment there. So this was a, this was an endeavor to kind of bring all of this stuff down there to basically transport Berea to West Virginia. It really is a big undertaking and Kevin Stefanski was asked today if he would do it again and I'm sure they'll do an after action report and decide if it was worthwhile if it had the desired effect. A major reason they're doing it this year is because of course they started camp a week early they have the Hall of Fame game I think he was trying to break it up trying to get guys excited and then also try to foster that team building and that camaraderie. Uh, So they'll have to see how it all works works out um, you know so far so good it's only day one uh, we'll we'll have stories along the way I'm sure 
Okay, so let's get to some of the news that, that has happened since we last recorded. It's only been a couple days, but there has been plenty of it. And we'll just start with uh, the, the toughest news, and that's Marquise Goodwin. Uh, discovered blood clots in his lungs and his legs. Now, he is here in West Virginia. We saw him on the practice field. He is not practicing, but he's with his teammates. He's in meetings. Uh, he was dancing around a little bit today. He seemed to be in high spirits, at least when we saw him. Uh, but this is a really tough break for Marquise because he was going to be a big part of this offense. And right now, even though Kevin didn't rule out the possibility of him returning, you hear blood clots. It's it's tough to imagine when he ends up back on the field. And and that's just a tough break for him if, if he isn't able to come back this year. Yeah, it really is a tough break for him because it's such an unknown thing right now. If he has to be on blood thinners for any length of time, which when you do have blood clots, uh, chances are you are going to have to be on blood thinners. You can't play football generally when you're on blood thinners. Now, maybe they have some other way uh, to dissolve the clots and they have some kind of a plan. I mean, he has the state of the art medical team working on this and they will do everything they possibly can to get him back on the field. The number one priority for Marquise Goodwin is his health and his safety. That can be a life-threatening situation. My goodness. Um, you know, we watched him at minicamp. We watched him catch two long bombs. It looked so exciting to have, you know, that kind of speed on the field and have Deshaun Watson have that kind of weapon and be able to stretch defenses. Uh, but the most important thing, again, is his health and I will tell you what I was inspired watching him today watching him dance and laugh and hang out with his teammates and just put on this brave and happy face what an inspiration and I think it's important to have him around so even if he's not playing and if he's not helping you on the field right now I just think it's important to have a guy who's been around played in a few different systems a veteran in that room obviously you've got Amari Cooper but he's more of a quiet leader um, it just helps to have a guy who, uh, another veteran in there with a bunch of young guys that you're kind of bringing along. I, I just think the more veterans you can have, the better. I, so even if he's not on the field helping them directly in that sense, he's at least going to be able to help in the meeting rooms, help in the film room, help with guys out on the practice field and tell them what he's seeing. I, I think he's still going to be able to have a big impact on all of this. Yeah, I really think so too. Absolutely 100%. Just seeing the kind of person he is makes me realize that's the kind of guy that you want around your younger players and there are plenty of young receivers on this team you've got Anthony Schwartz you've got Michael Woods recovering from his own Achilles injury um, you've got you also have Jakeem Grant who's an older player but he's recovering from something too but there's a lot of young guys uh, a lot of young receivers on this team Elijah Moore is still considered a young guy so to have a tone setter like Mar Marquise Goodwin uh, and sort of he seems to be a boisterous more vocal guy than some of the other ones in the room so I think uh, I think that's tremendous. I think it will be helpful. And uh, hopefully for him and for all involved, that at some point he'll be able to play this season. So we mentioned Amari Cooper, and uh, we heard from him today. Kevin talked about him today. He, of course, was, was out here uh, doing some of the drills. Now, again, they, they weren't really drills. They were just kind of walkthrough type stuff. But... You know, to see Amari out there, it seems like he's in a good place physically after that core surgery. It seems like he's in a good place mentally. It just sort of feels like Amari's where he needs to be to be ready to go on September 10th. And with a veteran like Amari, that's really what matters. Just get him ready to go by September 10th. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? The thing about Amari is I know that he did not want to undergo that surgery. I know he wanted to try to avoid that if at all possible. He's not someone that has I don't know that he's ever undergone the knife before I'm not really sure about that but I don't think so he's really been able to avoid injuries and surgeries and things like that and he doesn't really 
like a lot of that sort of thing. Who does? Um, and I think he was really trying to avoid it. But now that it's done, and he had the, like the best core muscle surgery doc in the entire country uh, taking care of this for him in Philadelphia, uh, you know, I, I really think that he ha he's at peace with it. And I think he feels so much better. He was really hurting in those last six games of last year. Now he feels like himself again. He's looks like himself again, which we've seen some of that on social media. We'll see it out here uh, soon, probably starting tomorrow morning. We'll have a better feel for that. But um, certainly a healthy Amari Cooper can go a very long way towards a successful season. Let's stay in the wide receiver room because there's another guy you mentioned, Anthony Schwartz. He's starting off on the non-football injury list, which can be a little misleading when you hear that. It just basically means he got hurt not working out with the team. Um, he got hurt in an injury, whatever it was, and it's a hamstring injury. It limited him during the spring, during OTAs and, and mini camp, and now he's starting on the non-football injury list here in training camp. And, you know, not to talk too coldly about the Marquise Goodwin thing, but if Marquise Goodwin is not going to be here, that's an opportunity for Anthony Schwartz, unless he just can't get on the field. Yeah, you know, I mean, when when we first heard, uh, you know, some inkling about Marquise Goodman, the first thought that comes to your mind is Anthony Schwartz. But the very same day, uh, you know, he, that Marquise goes on the NFI, Anthony Schwartz is out himself with this hamstring. And he's really been injury prone since the day he showed up on the Browns doorstep a couple of years ago out of the third round out of Auburn. And he's really struggled with the hamstrings. And, you know, when you are a speed guy, you need your hamstrings. You have to be able to run. If you can't run, then, you know, it, you just really can't add value to the team. So he's got to be able to get out there. There's an opportunity for him right now. It's a golden opportunity for him to show that he belongs on this roster. But he's got to be able to practice enable in, in order to enable himself to do that. Yeah, we spend so much time talking about the numbers game. And that numbers game changes over the course of camp because guys do get hurt. Guys do, you know, maybe they... they underperform or something like that and so there's always opportunities for a player like Anthony Schwartz who might kind of find himself on the bubble right now but unfortunately again you've, you've just got to be on the field yeah you really have to be and you know even heading into this camp I think that you know that they were reluctant to just say oh we're done with Anthony Schwartz they never want to do that with a third round pick just a couple of years later I don't I think the vibe was you know let's bring him in here let's see what he could do and at the worst maybe pop him onto the practice squad and see if he can't work his way back up. Um, but yes, he's got to get out there. I mean, again, Michael Woods can't practice right now. Jakeem Grant is off to a slow start so far, uh, you know, coming off of the Achilles. So the opportunity is there now. They need the speed. They, ha they have the need for speed on this field and uh, it's his chance. Okay, let's talk about something Denzel Ward said today. You asked him if he thought maybe this was the most talented team just across the board, offense, defense, special teams that he's played on since he's been a member of the Cleveland Browns, which goes back to 2018. And he said it is. And I mean, it's hard to argue with him, right? Oh, yeah. I agree with him 100%. It is the best roster that I have covered from top to bottom since I've been covering the Browns. And that's in part because the quarterback is an elite quarterback. I mean, they've had good teams before, even over the last several years, uh, but they didn't have the elite quarterback. Now, at, there were times when we thought that maybe Baker Mayfield heading into one of these seasons was going to be really good, and it didn't really turn out that way, although he did take them to the playoffs in 2020, of course. Um, but for the most part, now they've 
you've got a quarterback that uh, that can go head-to-head with Joe Burrow, that can go head-to-head with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, you know, that's why I really do think, and I think other players believe, that this is the best roster most of them have ever played on. Now they have to put it out on the grass and really be successful that way. And with the defense, too, you've got Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, you know, Denzel and Greg Newsome, who's wearing a new number now. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of potential on that defense. But um, the other part of it is Jim Schwartz, which when all is said and done, we may look back and say Jim Schwartz was the most important offseason acquisition. We'll see. There's a lot that can happen between now and, and the, the middle of January. But it sure feels like if this team plays at the level it's capable and wins at the level it's capable, Jim Schwartz and that defense is going to be a big part of it. I'm sure Denzel is excited to be a part of that. Yeah, you know, I really think so. I mean, when I look back to last season, I really thought the defense was going to be really good. I think we all thought that. I really believed uh, that this def- that defense last year had an opportunity to be great. They had shown some flashes of it the year before, at least late in the season. And it just kind of all went to hell in a handbag. I mean, it just they just did not have their act together in any way. This year, they do. Things are simplified. They know their assignments. They know where to be. They know what to do. I think from the front end to the middle to the back end, uh, they all will have clear instructions on what to do. And they also have upgraded talent. I think it'll be much better. And it feels like they've really kind of built this thing to fit what Jim has done. I've said it before. You don't bring in a, a Ferrari like like or a race car driver like Jim Schwartz and give him a, a Honda Civic. You got to give him the Ferrari or whatever to drive around in. And it seems like, while they might not just come out and say it, it seems like they listened a lot to Jim Schwartz in the process of building this defense. Oh, I think so. I mean, if you look at that whole defensive line, which is his marquee position, they made sure that they added some really, really good guys up there. You just start with Dalvin Tomlinson and Zadarius Smith and Obo Okoronkwo. I mean, those guys up front should be dynamite if they just do what Jim Schwartz tells them to do. And again, the assignment is pretty simple. You just need to go forward in a hurry. Um, So if they do that, you know, I, I think that that will go a long way towards being the Jim Schwartz kind of defense that we're all used to. Okay, so Kevin laid out another thing today um, that, that's probably worth discussing, and that's sort of his preseason plan and, and how he views it. There's still some things up in the air, but let's just put it this way. If you're tuning into the Hall of Fame game, you're going to see a lot of guys that are either really young or maybe you're not sure who they are. Uh, it's going to be an opportunity for a lot of young guys, as he put it. And then he really kind of looks at the Commanders game as the first real preseason game. So at least a little bit of an idea of what to expect. I do wonder, though, when do you think, because I think we will, when do you think we'll see Deshaun Watson on the field in the preseason? Could it be the first game or what Kevin is calling the first game against Washington or Kansas City maybe, game three, make that the dress rehearsal game? How how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, you know what, um, so the Philadelphia game is one in which he admitted that he's not going to play those guys very much, and that actually is the real uh, third game, but preseason game two. Right. Okay, so it's confusing, so the Hall of Fame game is zero, um, and then the... Commander's game is one. Commander's game is one. Eagles game is two. Eagles two, KC three. So I think that um you know that that week 
two game. We know they're not going to be playing them very much in Philly after those two joint practices. So there's not going to be all that many, many opportunities. So I would say uh, commanders, maybe a series against the Chiefs. I don't know. Yeah, that's what, so against Jacksonville last year, Deshaun played a couple series, but that was because things were weird and he was going to get suspended. So I don't know if we can really work off that. I think Jacoby played – a lot in the third preseason game, if I remember right. I don't remember who against the Bears, maybe. And I can't, I think Baker might have played in 2021 a lot in the third preseason game. So he might still view that as a dress rehearsal. So maybe that third game in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, that would seem to be, you know, the one that would make some sense. But, um, but you never know. He might not play them very much in the preseason because you want to protect your guys you want to protect your quarterback you don't want to put them at risk if you're getting good work out here you got good work against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in the joint practices you might be a little judicious with the playing time I said third preseason game it's the fourth preseason game so again just to reiterate the first preseason game is actually the Jets but that's not that's zero commanders are one I don't know I don't know if we're ever going to get this all figured yeah, out I, thought I, I was doing well and then <laughs> and then I lost it again but anyways yeah so calling the first one zero is really messing us up I wish we could change that but there's nothing we can do about it it's zero. I mean I know Browns fans are excited to see this team play but they could maybe just treat that like game zero and just skip it that week's about Joe Thomas anyway so just you know just skip watching that game and and go from there okay uh so Mary Kay before we go we talked about it off the top, why they're here, what they're hoping to accomplish. Player comes up to you and says, what should I do on Wednesday? The player's off day. What's your answer? You know, I'm going pickleball all the way. And I got to tell you, I'm so excited uh, that we went to a, this Lewisburg is the cutest little town. You came to find out, Dan, that it is what? It is. I don't remember. It's the, the you know what? I got to look it up. Uh, I'll look it up here while you talk. Okay. So... Anyways, whatever the, the little title is that you're coming up with is pretty much what I was saying about Lewisburg when I was in it last night. Downtown Lewisburg is a darling little town, and we found a ping pong table. And the last time I played ping pong, which was about six or seven years ago, and I don't know, I just had some kind of beginner's luck. It was really weird. So I'm wondering if I will have the same magic touch. But I, I want to play pickleball. That is uh, a sport that I would really like to try. And if I were any of these guys, I would go out there and try it. I didn't look it up because I got paranoid that if I closed the software and opened <laughs> my browser on my phone, we would, we would stop recording or something. So I didn't. But yeah, it's like the most, I can't even remember. It's just, just Google Lewisburg, West Virginia, like most adorable towns. It's something like that. It's, I, was, I saw the sign and I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Who knew, who knew that's where we're staying? I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to actually go and explore it, though. Yeah, and, you know, we were at this bar last night, and I was thinking, if Johnny Manziel were on this team, when it would get to the off day on Wednesday, Johnny would be plopped right down in the middle of this bar. It had Johnny Manziel written all over it. I don't think they could do this trip if Johnny were on this team. <laughs> he would be he would be shutting down every bar at the Greenbrier over here uh, that, that we're looking at. Okay, there we go. Our first training camp podcast. Uh, we're going to keep it brief just because 
It was a light day. We've got a lot going on here. It was a little bit of a later day. Uh, Ashley's going to be uh, kind of running the pod here for the next few days. Then actually, Ashley and I are going to switch. I'm going to go home. She's going to come out here to the Greenbrier, uh, and I'll be running the pod on those days after that. We're just following the Browns practice schedule. So we will be back tomorrow with another podcast, and it will follow, which should be what looks like a little more of a practice for the Browns. So for Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you.